Welcome to Divorce at Altitude, a podcast on Colorado family law. I'm Ryan Kalamea. Each week, along with my business partner and co-host, Amy Gosha, or an expert, we discuss a particular topic related to divorce or co-parenting in Colorado. In addition, we have created a short series of lessons that will take you through the legal process of divorce and answer your questions from simple to complex. Divorce isn't easy. The end of a marriage, especially when children are involved, brings a great deal of loss and change. We hope these practical tips and insights will help you on your journey to a new and better life. This episode is about parental relocations in a Colorado divorce. Most divorce lawyers and judges will readily admit that parental relocations pose the most difficult and emotionally fraught cases that they deal with in their professional lives. I frequently will tell clients that it's the nuclear bomb in any sort of divorce. The reason is that there are often winners and losers in a parental relocation. Now, the thing you also need to understand is that there is a major difference under Colorado law on whether or not the relocation sought is during the divorce or before the divorce is final compared to after a divorce decree has been entered and a request for relocation occurs. The reason is, is that in 2005, the Colorado Supreme Court issued two opinions in two different cases on a relocation sought during a divorce and after a divorce. So in a case of where the divorce is being sought or the parental relocation is being sought during the divorce, most people will call that a Spalmer case. And the reason is that Colorado Supreme Court in Spalmer v. Gillette issued an opinion that guided trial courts and divorce professionals and established the law here in Colorado of what happens when a parent wants to relocate during a divorce. Simply put, the court is supposed to assume that a parent is already relocated to the place that they intend to be. So in the case of a mother and father or a husband and wife going through a divorce in Aspen, for example, and the mother wants to relocate to Austin, Texas, the court in Aspen is supposed to assume that the mom is already in Austin and then makes a decision what is in the best interest of the children. In my previous episode or in another episode, I outlined what those factors are. The court cannot order the mom to remain in Colorado, and nor can the court order that all parenting time take place in Colorado on a permanent basis. That was actually happening. A lot of courts were so disenchanted with Spammer that they were having kind of workarounds, and that was overturned or was clarified in a case called Morgan v. Morgan, in which the appellate court said that you can't order all parenting time to take place in Colorado. So again, that's in the Spammer context. Well, what happens if a party wants to relocate after divorce has been finalized? There is a different legal standard, and that is guided by Interim Marriage of Cheslick and a statute, a different statute, 1410-129. And there are different factors or plus factors in addition to those outlined under 1410-124. So in addition to what the children want, in addition to the parties putting their children's interest ahead of their own, the court in a Cheslick case, in a post-decree case, is supposed to analyze nine additional factors. And those additional factors are under 1410 
29. So the first factor is the reason why the party wishes to relocate with the child. So is it because they've met somebody? Uh, is it because their job has moved? Is it because they can't afford to live in the place? Or is it because they just don't like the weather? Those are factors or those reasons are going to be analyzed by the court. The second factor is the reason why the opposing party is objecting to the proposed relocation. The third factor is the history and quality of each party's relationship with the child since any previous parenting time order. So a parent that has equal parenting time is going to be looked at a little bit differently compared to someone who has just hasn't really been involved with the child since the divorce has been uh, finalized. The fourth factor is the educational opportunities for the child at the existing location compared to the proposed new location. Now, frequently people will come to me in a Spalmer case and they'll want to argue about the educational opportunities. And as we will see in the fifth factor, the presence or absence of extended family at the existing location compared to the proposed new location. And I have to say that because it's outlined in 1410.129 for a post-decree case, it's not supposed to be relevant in the situation of a Spalmer case. And people are frequently surprised. Now, there are exceptions or there are judges that will still nevertheless consider them. And whether or not that's legally permissible has not yet been clarified. But the fact that these factors are outlined in a post-decree relocation, but not under 1410.124 is something that is legally significant for relocations. So what other factors are we supposed to consider in a post-decree relocation? Well, the sixth factor is any advantages of the child remaining with the primary caregiver. The seventh factor is any anticipated impact of the move on the child. The eighth factor is whether the court will be able to fashion a reasonable parenting time schedule if the change requested is permitted. And finally, any relevant factors bearing on the best interests of the child. So in the case of of whether or not the court can fashion a reasonable parenting time schedule, it can matter whether or not one of the parents is a stay-at-home parent and they can travel frequently back and forth with young kids. It can also matter as to the age of the kids because airlines frequently will restrict young children or require them to have somebody, a parent, accompany them compared to a teenager, and there can be different travel restrictions and practical hurdles. Similarly, whether there's direct flights, whether you can drive, all all of those various issues are going to come into play in a post-decree case. But going back to our original statement, it really does matter if the relocation is sought before the divorce compared to after the divorce. Now, if you are dealing with a relocation, this is not the end of the story. There are so many different issues and laws and arguments and different things that need to be considered. And I would strongly encourage you to consider consulting with an attorney because like I said, there are winners and losers in these cases frequently go to trial. So whether or not your case is best um, handled by a child and family investigator on your own or a parental responsibilities evaluator can really matter for you and your children's livelihoods when it comes to these kinds of cases. I hope that that helps. But remember, these are educational purpose only videos. Please seek legal counsel if you are dealing with a parental relocation. Thanks. Thanks for listening or watching this short lesson on the Divorce Altitude podcast. If you found this helpful, please leave a review or share with a friend. It does help for others that are going through or thinking about a divorce in Colorado. 
If you want to find out more information, please visit kalamea.law or divorceataltitude.com. And that's K-A-L-A-M-A-Y-A.law. Remember, this is educational information. It's not intended to be legal advice. Please consult with an attorney about the particulars of your case. We're happy to answer questions. Feel free to give us a call at 970-315-2365.